Hello, beautiful lovelies. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast. See, my intent for this podcast is to help and aid other witches, especially black and queer witches. See, I created this podcast so that it becomes a safe space for all of us to learn from each other, no matter who we are or what our paths are. We are all cover mates, and I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hello, beautiful lovelies, and welcome back to the Black Queer Witch Podcast. Um, This episode, I am talking with a friend of mine and having just a good old conversation. So hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, We had some technical difficulties in the beginning, but here we are. Here's the conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I will see you guys in the next one. Love you. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yes, I can hear you now. I'm doing good. Good, good. What about you? Girl, life is life. I'm doing all right, but I am tired. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just had like three days off, so I am so happy. I'm on my third day, so but this next week it's gonna be it's gonna be go time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it's isn't it go time though? Especially True. for black folk. We they always pushing us. That is factual. That is factual. Anything else going on? Um, well, I'm buying a house or a condo. Let me be more specific. Uh, so there's just drama with that going left and right. Uh, the property is owned by the government. So every time I need to do something, I'm relying on the government to turn in paperwork. And you know how fast the government is at getting things done. Um, but everything I can do, I have done. So I'm just leaving it to the universe to fill in the gaps there. And I started a nonprofit. Um, and yeah, life is is busy. <laughs> okay. Okay, so tell us your name. Tell us your pronouns. Tell us a little about your, your craft or your magic or whatever. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So my name is Jarrell. I am pronouns they them because those feel most real for me um my craft kind of started around five or six years ago it started with cards and then expanded into crystals and other forms of divination and so yeah that was an interesting journey i was raised to be a very conservative evangelical christian and that is not how i turned out at all (laughs) yeah so the spirit wouldn't let me stay there at all. Um, it all started with just like asking questions and I needed answers that the church wasn't providing. I needed answers about my identity and I was afraid to look outside of the church for so much of my life. And then when mm-hmm. I gave up that fear, it, it, it was just growth from there. Once I stopped living uh, and hiding from my family history, hiding from who I was, I really was able to tap into wells of truth that ring for me in ways that I didn't expect. 
period. That kind of reminds me of my like my spiritual journey too, because I was uh, Pentecostal and I had got baptized and everything, and then like I was just asking questions that they couldn't provide the answers to, and the answers that they did provide were they didn't sit with me, and I feel like that is a okay like. It's okay for things not to sit well with you, and it's okay to go out there and look for what sits well with you. Right, right. And I, I feel like that's even true to the faith. Like the scriptures say to test the spirits, to work out your own salvation with uh, reverence and with, with uh, yeah, with reverence for who you are and reverence for who God is. And so for me, it doesn't even feel like a departure from my faith so much as it feels like a deepening of it and mm. a gaining of new wisdom. And I find that like, if wisdom is good, then it has to be from God. Yeah. That's interesting. So I know you I, want to talk about like, um, your Christian background. Do you want to dive straight into that? Or you want to talk about something else first? I kind of think we'll start with Christianity and then we'll move into this most recent supermoon, although we're having one tonight as well. Right. Uh, so the Christian background is crazy. My parents grew up in the projects and when they became adults, they like fled to Southern California and joined a church that is very right wing uh, it's a denomination that claims to be non-denominational, but you know, they all have political goals. And so mm -hmm. I went to those churches and to the private Christian schools that they ran. So I was really heavily indoctrinated to be a part of like what is now MAGA world. And that obviously was not going to sit well with your girl. Um, I'm queer, I'm black, I'm I'm everything that they do not want around. Uh, <laughs> and so we left California, moved to Texas, and that was where I was exposed to different ways of thinking, um, mm. ironically, um, because we were in Austin. So, <laughs> so I got to meet people of different faith backgrounds, and I got to, instead of just hypothesize about what Muslims believe, I had classes with Muslim students and got to like experience their what their faith was firsthand and like it, it it challenged the dogma that i was raised on um which somehow led me to my first card reading experience i sat down and the woman was like normally i just do a three card draw for people but i'm mm -hmm. gonna do the celtic cross for you and i it was so spot on it was like she knew who I was before I got there. And Hello. literally everything that she spoke about was applicable. And I, I don't normally have readings like that. Sometimes I got to work and say, what are you saying to me cards? But everything was applicable and manifested within days. So I was like, maybe there's something to this form of divination. Like maybe... I can look outside of what I was doing before in Christianity and try something new. And then, you know, once you start practicing, you find out like, oh, other family members have been doing this for years. What, why haven't we talked about this? You like find out because the cards will tell you, uh, the, the wind will tell you all sorts mm -hmm. of different. Once you start opening that door, you see all of creation is working to like, 
help you get where you're going, help you grow, help you develop in new ways and connect to the community in new ways. So that was really like my turn. And that led me to our most recent super moon. It happened in Scorpio. I am a Scorpio. So, you know, I got to make it all about me. Uh, and I just like, uh, as you know, I was looking for this feminine energy that was water associated for months. I was trying to figure out who it was. And I, right, just, I like, couldn't even figure out who it was after I gave you that reading and like, gave you that verification. It's like somebody or like a deity like reaching out to you. Like, right. And because there's so many, there's like the ancient European ones, there's Greek ones, they're all thousands from sub-Saharan Africa. There's so many. And so I'm trying to figure out who this girl is. Why is she pulling it, tugging on me? You know, she's trying to get Mm -hmm. my attention. After that super moon where I was manifesting like all of these things, I get a phone call from my friends from Texas. Mm -hmm. And they tell me the day that they did uh, IVF, they flew to Mexico to go visit a water goddess and a goddess of fertility. They mm-hmm. get there to the airport. She tells the husband, look, don't talk to strangers. They're all going to try and take your money. I know that you're very gullible. You know, just be quiet. They leave the airport. They recognize they need cash. Go back in. And when they go out the second time, someone standing outside of the door in the middle of the way looks at them and says, are you looking for the fertility goddess? So they give him the money. He takes them out on a boat to the Isla de Mujeres, where the goddess Ical, a goddess of fertility, goddess of water, the goddess of rainbows, nicknamed the Keeper of the Bones, lives. That is her island. And people used to venture to it for hundreds of years to become fertile. They have a baby now. I have got to hold the baby after they got blessed by this goddess. And I'm like, I found you, Miss New Booty. Get it together. Bring it back to me. Like, yes. Because <laughs> uh, it was just, I, I was having dreams about her. And I just like could mm-hmm. not figure out who she was. And now I know. And she's a badass. She literally shoots rain out of her armpits. She's the keeper of the bones because she uh, rules over life and death. She's also like Hecate, Mother Maiden and Crone. She's so much fun. A medicine woman. She is, yeah. One of her portrayals is an elderly crone-like woman who provides medicine to the community. And like she like said- would appear in people's lives. And so they would there's all of these stories attributed to her. Say, okay, so who is she? Because I know who she is, and you know who she is, but other people may not know who she is. So you're like, right. You're right. We need to say her name. Slow like, it down. Say her name. Say give her us, name. Give us a little. Give us a little bit. So her name is Ichel. Like Ichel is a. She's a Mayan deity. So think where the Spaniards came and started their little colonies and forced Catholicism on the world. She's in like the center of Mexico. However, mm. the Isla de Mujeres is near Cozumel. So she's associated with flowers, bunny rabbits, because, you know, they'd they be having children. And, she, ah, Lord, she has this lore of, like, standing up to other gods and fighting mm-hmm. for humanity. 
She is one of the advocates for human development and growth. Um, she, what doesn't she do? She does it all. She's everything. Um, she uh, is also heavily associated with the moon because she and isn't consistent sometimes. Sometimes she's adventurous. Sometimes she's mischievous. Sometimes mm. she's naughty. Uh, and I think for people who grew up in Christianity, we want a, or long for a consistent, everything is always the same sort of deity. And that is not her. She changes with the tides. Uh, she blesses and she curses and she dances and yet can also be very stern. Um, she's a mom. And if that doesn't remind you of, <laughs> of what moms are like, I don't know know what does like she takes care of the kids but she also like reprimands them when they step out of line like she isn't here to spoil anybody she taunts people to grow um and, here we go, I, it. and she wants to be found she leaves hints throughout the universe uh throughout the earth trying to draw people towards her she's the best <laughs> that's beautiful that's beautiful as fuck like no lies that remind like Literally, the way that you're talking and just hearing, like, the emotion that you're speaking in, it's the same emotion I, I, I feel for um, a set and working with Isis. And, like, that's the same fucking love that I have for her. And I feel like that's so beautiful. It is. And it also, like, it just makes so much sense to me. Like, I'm born on the Day of the Dead. So having mm. a Mayan goddess looking out for me just makes sense. Like, it's when the spirit world is closest to the physical and it makes sense for like my career and trajectory. Like currently I am working for Planned Parenthood and advocating for reproductive rights in the state of Illinois. Um, we love that here. And so like, it makes sense. There's a fertility goddess. Like, yeah, I work for Planned Parenthood. That just makes and then sense. Being born on the day of the day, like, that that uh, connection to life and death at the same time, like right. And the day like that people. I was born, there's two days on the day of the dead. The first one is when the adults come back, and I'm born on the second one when the spirit of innocent children return. And so, Ooh, like, of that's course, as fuck. isn't it? Like, she is the mother, and like somebody needs to come take care of the babies. And like, I get that that blessing, that job of like. Mm -hmm tending to innocent souls it makes so much sense to me <laughs> like uh oh my god this goes with a realization that i had and i don't know if i want to share it now or wait share it girl share it be a blessing <laughs> okay i'm gonna go ahead and share it but y'all i've been reading this book it's called the altar within so i'm going to i've been like recording some realizations that i've been having while reading this book and i was gonna make it a whole episode thing and this realization is part of that so I'm going to give you a little taste, a little, 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 little taste of what's on that. Um, so it made me think of um, a realization that I had about the goddess and um, the fact that I have always been surrounded by the goddess and I have always been surrounded by feminine energy. Like when I, I was talking to my cousin about something and we were, I was rethinking my whole life. Um, and I was talking about my love for black women. And it just was crazy to me because I was like, I, when I realized, I was like, there's always been a Black woman around me or a Black woman for me who has come through and protected me in some way or given me something that I needed or X, Y, and Z, right? right and I was like, right. damn, that's so beautiful that the goddess is always around me. 
her. She's always been there to bless me. And then another realization came too, and this comes back to my ancestor work, which I've talked about on the podcast. But um, I realized that maybe my mother isn't actually my mother. And I say that in a spiritual sense and not in a physical sense. Like physically, yes. Biologically, yes, she is my mother. I came from her womb or whatever the case may be. Right, but spiritually, right. we're, we don't have that connection. And that's why physically, it don't we don't mesh well. And we have a lot of like resentment towards each other is because she was never my mother. And I had realized, and when I had that realization, I had like a vision of what I feel like were past versions of myself in that um, it's just crazy. This realization goes into so much. Um, it realized, I realized that like my spirit is very feminine. It's always been a feminine spirit. And I realized that um, I kind of messed up like reincarnating into a male body. Mm. Mm. And I feel like the goddess had gave me the mother that she gave me because she knew that that mother, she wasn't going to get attached to me like how the goddess wanted me to be attached to her. It's Interesting. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you just so... you just spoke so much. <laughs> you touched so much personal things. Yeah. Uh, so I identify as queer and non-binary. Uh, so I've always been feminine slash moving towards androgyny, playing with the genders. But like reincarnation has been an idea, a doctrine that I have been afraid of, mainly mm-hmm. because. I read the news and I see climate change and I'm like, why would I want to come back to this mess? And really in that manifesting that took place like a month and a half ago, like I made peace with reincarnation. The idea that like the love is never lost, that love comes mm-hmm. back. And uh, I also am struggling with my mom right now. And I like reincarnation is an opportunity to build bridges again, to restore right. what has been lost. Reincarnation is a chance to learn again, to grow more, uh, exactly. to carry on wisdom, to tap into the wisdom that's already been here. And I'm mm-hmm. like, when I, when I came to that realization, I'm like, okay, so maybe this isn't that bad. And then I went... <laughs> had this vision and it was crazy. I saw the other lives and like the the lives that could be in the future, the lives that have yet to be lived. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this now. I'm okay with this. And I think I was worried about reincarnation as like the masculine punishment, but now reincarnation for the feminine birth. And yeah, exactly. I love that so much more. Exactly. It, it's beautiful. Like this, I, not to go on a tangent, but this book like really is helping me with a lot of different things. And I feel like everybody should buy the book. It's called The Altar Within by Juliet. Um, I think it's Davis. Davis. How you say days in Spanish? Dice. Wait, days? Diaz? Yeah, Diaz. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Davis. Julia Diaz. The altar. Yes, I'm going to write this down. It's it's like, it's a book about, um, since I'm telling y'all about the book, I'm not going to tell you what the hell it's about. It's about radical devotion to self. And by devoting ourselves to ourselves, we also devote ourselves to spirit. We also devote um, ourselves to um, our deities or whatever the case may be. And by doing it, you regain your humanity. Because she talks about like, 
this detachment from the world, right? And everybody, right, right. They're, they're basically making money off the fact that we're all detached from one another, attached from the earth, and all of that. Right. And she was saying, like, when you devote yourself to yourself, you reconnect yourself back with your humanity. The problem isn't technology. Technology is not the problem that we have when it comes to disconnection of people from other people. It's the fact that people are disconnected from themselves. Because if you don't see no, mm. no worthiness of yourself, you will not see it in somebody else. Oh, that's a word. Yeah, that and is that's a word. That, <laughs> so you have to devote, your, devote some time to yourself. Devote love to yourself. You're, like, it's, it's an inner working. Right, it's inner right. Working and it's fucking amazing. I haven't even... Child... The, the introduction is fucking self. I had to stop reading the introduction at least three times because it's so powerful. And it's like you absorb so much and you just like, hold on, bitch, I need to process this first. Hold on. It's one of those books that you're going to take. You should take actual time to actually do what's in the book as you're going through it. Like writing your thoughts down in a book and personalizing it to yourself because it's a book for you. Mm. And it's just amazing. Like I said, it's just me talking about it, I'm like excited. Like I want you to go get this book right now. I'm not even getting paid to advertise this girl book, and I'm advertising it because it's that good. I wouldn't give you nothing if I thought it was trash. Hello, hello. Yeah, that's a good word. I'm a, I'm gonna buy it. Shoot, but uh, that's one of the reasons why I instead of talking about crafts, I talk about root work because I'm not here to play games with the surface or the superficial. I need to get to the root, as my grandma would say. It's at the root and. Yeah, and part of so much of my craft, quote unquote, is just me working with what's in within. Like, am I needing to bind something outside or should I be binding things internally? Like, mm-hmm. is the house ready before I try and invite people in? Exactly. Okay, root worker. Root work, root work. Yeah, I think it's important. And... I mean, to be not be cliche by bringing up Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror, but I think that there is a lot I'm to say with that. Yeah, come on now. Like, that is literally what the book is about. It's about looking at yourself in the mirror, decolonizing yourself, and knowing what colonization looks like and how to decolonize that. It's it's activism. It's so much. It's so much beautiful. It sounds great. Yeah. I'm always adding new books to my collection because I feel knowledge truly is the best power. Uh, and it, is. it can't be, once you acquire it, it can't be taken away. It definitely so, can. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Woof. Yeah. That's a word. Uh, the altar within, even just that phrase, like, sounds powerful. Like, it is. A lot of people focus on getting the altar just right. I see so many articles about like, what do I add to so-and-so's this or to so-and-so's that? What they're asking for is relationship. You need to work on building the altar within your own heart before you can even start to build the altar with candles or with uh, Florida water. Like the Mm -hmm. altar needs to be set up within. Like how are you living a life that responds to this deity? How are you living a life that pleases your ancestors and like, that's what... where like the the like that's why people have so such a hard time connecting with certain things because sometimes the author isn't prepared and that's something i also just realized about myself like when it comes to my ancestor work 
like I never really prepared that altar. Yeah, I had like that physical altar, but the altar within myself was not ready for um, that kind of work because I was mm-hmm. going through, still going through so much healing when it came to the trauma with my own personal family and by reading this book too. I'm gonna give y'all another snippet. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm just gonna go and see it. So it's this part in the book she's talking about Cuba. She's Cuban. And at the time of her writing the book, she said that Cuba was at a civil war and that they were going through so much and how witchcraft, um, her witchcraft and her craft was was part of like also her activism. And I had, I was like, damn, I feel like that's something I should be tapping into. And then when I realized that, I was like, maybe the problem uh, when it comes to my ancestor work is that I'm working with the wrong ancestors. And I say that in the means of working with past ancestors. Maybe I'm supposed to be working with my soul tribe, as I call them, um, my future ancestors, the ones that are going to be descended from me. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. maybe I should be working with their spirit in a raw form before they're even born and giving offerings or being an activist in the community, building that future for them to be able to thrive in. Yeah. This was like, damn, that's deep as fuck. Like, <laughs> and it, it switched my whole mind when it came to ancestor work. It switched my whole mind when it came to activism or what I thought activism is or was. And then it's just like a whole motherfucking 180. Like, it was like, ooh. Right, because like, if activism is about building a better world, why would you be pulling resources from the past when you can be tapping into the future? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because you're trying to build the world for the people coming you should be asking their opinions like we we get the same problem with politicians today like we have 80 and 90 year old people in the senate making decisions for people that have yet to be born and Mm -hmm. that's a problem that is a problem and we should be asking them for their fucking advice we should be asking them for what they need because i feel like the future and the past and the present are all happening at the same time they are so time yeah. So somebody's already uh, like venerating me somewhere. And Isn't that crazy? Working with them to figure out what they need. It's it's crazy how how time is a fucking illusion and how things. In my opinion, I'm gonna say in my opinion because everybody doesn't have the same opinion. In my opinion, works. It makes sense in my head. Mm, mm. Yeah, and for me, it was on that past moon. Like, girl, I got very high on some shrooms and then started my meditation and like yeah it i saw like how quickly time is just a joke and Mm -hmm. like i'm 30 years old how much 10 years of a difference makes it's still minuscule compared to the whole life and like if we think about our lives as just chapters um in the book we're, we're only on a page we're in a paragraph and right. we need to make sure that our paragraph, that our eyes are dotted right, that our t- other people are going to build off what we leave behind. And especially as like queer people, queer black people in this world, we need to be leaving behind valuable resources for those coming after us. Exactly, because like, a lot of us did not have that growing up because our ancestors and our elders were, were killed. Were exterminated, like, yeah. So we, I always said that, I, and that's always been like one of my biggest goals. Shit, I'm getting tongue tied. Is like making a um, a foundation for young queer people 
and especially like young queer boys and growing up being quote unquote a young queer boy, I know like and I've seen the struggles and I I've heard the stories and I wanna be like that space for queer people, period. Right, right. Yeah. Uh I just remember I was growing up and like the one character that we had on television was Ricky from my so-called life. He was it. Everybody else was straight. There was no, and they all played sports. Ricky did fashion. Ricky loved music. And Ricky was like the gay friend in the girl group. And I like found myself drawn to this character. But I also realized like, I am that character. For other mm-hmm. kids, for kids right now, like I am that bridge, and that's both very powerful and also very terrifying because, like, that's a responsibility. There are yeah. children who are contemplating taking their own lives, and like I am alive as a beacon of hope. You don't have to do that. Your life like, gets fucking better. Like life truly does get better. Right. Uh, and I feel like a lot of us wouldn't have the issues that we had if we had those figures and those people just standing in front of us. Right. And I think the problem is, is we do have those people, but they're all hidden. They aren't allowed to be out. They aren't allowed to be themselves. Like thinking about Beyonce's Renaissance project, like calling out his name, Uncle Johnny. He is a person. He is real. He is queer. He struggled with uh, with AIDS, and he's still somebody, and I still love him. And that is powerful, naming those names. And one day, our names will be named, and one of our straight little children will write a music project about us. Like (laughs) That's the goal in life. That's the goal, to live forever in music. Isn't that a goal? Like, to be a part of someone's life that way, that they... um, like memorialize you in such a powerful way with a number yeah. one album. <laughs> but to be that person, to be that love and that light and that joy, that's yeah, a, exactly. a worthy calling, even if it's just for one person. And it's a responsibility too, like to always be thinking about the next generation. I agree. I love it. <laughs> I think we kind of got off the track, though. But... We did. We got off the track, but you know that's how you know spirit what? We works. We didn't get off track. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get off track. We we got right where we supposed to be, and somebody needed their word. Somebody did need that word. You person listening at home, you are an ancestor already. You have already started laying that groundwork. Be an ancestor worthy of reverence. Period. Boom. Period. Somebody needed that. <laughs> But yeah, so um, I don't know. Moon. Yeah, I think I said all I needed to say. Unless you have a question, <laughs> like I feel like we just had a a little church Sunday school gathering. I don't know. I've been I having a lot it. of those lately, though. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I've been really sharing my experience and um being more open about my experiences because I had seen a Facebook post and somebody was like. So, um, somebody was asking the question like why y'all don't share y'all spiritual experiences and people was like because you got to go into your experiences alone and we got to get on that mindset that you have to go through everything alone because you fucking don't have to right like, you don't have to go through everything alone yes as a spiritual experience you're going to have moments of 
solitude. You're going to have moments of um, being alone and by yourself, but to not, like, your story is important, too. And you should right. share your with other people because you don't never know what somebody going through. And your little experience that you think is little could be big, big news for somebody else. Right. You don't know what time, uh, like, if you're sharing... You could be saving somebody else yeah. from some heartbreak and trouble. Like, I think we allow fear to stop us from sharing, first of all. Mm-hmm. But also, our culture has this idealized version of a lone wolf or, like, you just are out on your own and you don't need nobody. But and that's not a, true. It's not. If people say you're a lone wolf, a, a wolf is never alone. That's what people don't Ever. understand. Wolves live in packs. <laughs> they live in packs. They, they work together. They hunt they together. Alone. They they work as if they are a cohesive unit. And so yeah. we need to actually be taking lessons from that and get rid of this fake mythos of a lone wolf and learn how to build community the way they do. But that goes back to um, being detached from the world. Um, humans have grown so detached from the world that they see themselves above other animals that live on this planet. Mhm. Mhm. Calling everything else an animal, you're an animal too. Correct. You're also a part of this ecosystem. You and... are just a mammal at the end yeah. of the day. A mammal to... on the spinning rock going through space okay that it. isn't even the biggest one. <laughs> exactly. And we need to be okay with it. Like we need to be okay with the human experience. And that's another thing too. Like a lot of us are not okay with the human experience. We shun the human experience. I can't. I can't do this human experience. I hate being human. Whoopie, whoopie, whoopie. And that's a way of detaching yourself from humanity. It's detaching yourself from yourself. Right. Or the other one I hear a lot is like, humanity is the cancer. Like that's what we are. Yeah. Like no, capitalism is the cancer. That's the problem. Uh, humans are not the problem because we've managed to live here for millions of years and be just fine. It's when we exactly. introduced uh, chattel slavery, when we introduced uh, overmining and uh, just... Once, once we introduced... Let's just go ahead and see it, white people. And this ain't no shade to nobody white there listening to the podcast as y'all know I fuck with y'all. But mm-hmm. I have come to a realization that the pale of your skin, the, the, the more disconnected you are. Oh, that's real. Because everybody who are super connected to this plane, this plane of existence, this earth, their skin is a lot darker. Yeah, they that's feel a real. lot deeper. Their spiritual practices are a lot stronger. And that's no say to nobody because you was born white. Um, maybe that's the lesson that you need to learn. It's how to reconnect so you can come back to where you need to be. Right. Right. That's yeah. how I look at it. I mean, hopefully nobody take that wrong. <laughs> but I don't know. I know have a feeling at this point, that, take it how you take it. Yeah, I have a feeling that most of your listeners are people of color. But you know, <laughs> for the white person out here, this isn't something to be ashamed about. It's just a direction in which you need to work. We have our work too. But like now you know what yours is, finding ways to get connected. And I think that like they know that because a lot of white people I know are always going camping or trying to go to national park this or national park that and i'm like they know they're disconnected they're trying to rebuild it but going on vacation probably isn't the solution and it's funny that you said it because i feel like a lot of us uh people of color and black people say that's white people shit because we are already connected to the earth 
we don't really have to go out there and spend a day or a day or a week out there because we're always connected right mm. here at all moments. So we don't feel that disconnection that that they thrive for. And that's not to say that because, uh, because you like nature, you're disconnected to the earth. I'm not seeing it at all. But there is a disconnection. I feel like when you get when your skin gets more paler, it's just a disconnection somewhere. And mm. you just need to reconnect. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because I'd be hurting, too. When they're like, oh, there's earthquakes and hurricanes. I'm like, I know. I feel it in my lower back. (laughs) I step outside. They're like, oh, it's not going to rain. I say, yes, it is. I can smell it. It's coming. Like, (laughs) And then they they get caught out there with no umbrella. And I'm over here dry as can be. Uh... (laughs) That's all it is. It's just a disconnection. And that's just my opinion. Once again, my opinion. I don't make no fucking laws or make anything happen. I'm just thinking what I I feel and believe in my heart to be true. I don't know if it's an opinion or if it's an observation, but um, I'm leaning towards an observation. Yeah, well, let's say observation then. <laughs> I, I, I accept that redirection. I yeah. That. Words have power. We got to use the right ones. Yeah, I accept <laughs> that redirection, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like like we did it. We hit these points. I feel <laughs> like we hit them. Uh, feeling refreshed. I'm feeling refreshed. This was a good little, good little small group. <laughs> no, for real. I love these. I can't wait to post this. I'm I'm not gonna post it this month in August. And we're actually recording this on the night of the. The full moon, the first full moon. Yeah, this is what is this one? It's, I think it's an I Aquarius. Think it's Aquarius. Yeah, it's Aquarius supermoon. It's supposed to be bright, bright, bright. It was it was bright as as can be yesterday. I took a picture of it. It looked like I took a picture of the sun. I actually been doing already been kind of doing spell work. I don't know if you were planning on doing anything, but I was doing like a row opener. I mean, a door mm. opener. That's what I, I did the last one. Yeah, I got uh, a road opener. Yeah, so I went to the water today and I kind of just did a road opener. It was real windy, so my candle went uh, burn. So I just kind of left it there. I said my prayer and then I left it there. And then I'm gonna go back there later on tonight and um, light the candle okay. and remove all the stuff that's not part of the ecosystem. Amen. Get rid of that gunk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do anything tonight. I'm still trying to do my road opener to get this damn condo. Uh, and they keep pushing back my closing date. Well, <sighs> just take it as redirection. That's how I've been taking everything. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's just a, uh, like I keep picking up projects. And then when they're when it gets blocked, I put it down, move to the next one. And then I come back around. It's ready for me the next time. Exactly. So I'm just like... I'm just seeing every door that seems to be closed as a as it being not shut, but you know, just a little. What do you call you it? Just need some more time. Cracked. Yeah, it's just like it's not finished baking. I'm not baking at all at the same time. They're on different different alarm clocks. Right. Well, this mm-hmm. was a good ass episode. I don't think I have anything else to say. Me either. But I'm looking at the time, <laughs> and I'm like. Are, are we too short? Do we need... <laughs> no, I mean, the messages come out how they come out. They come as quickly as they come, and 
It is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm happy to have you on. For real, like I, I literally love connecting with you, you guys, and I love you guys. I feel like my cousin, family, and I fuck with everybody. I try I my do. best to keep in contact with everybody. Sometimes it get a little hard, but you know, this is you got my personal number now, so you can hit my line whenever. <laughs> And oh. I really do mean that when I be telling people that you can hear my line whenever and talk. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. If you want to beat me, me, it's okay. Honestly, <laughs> one of Chris- me, baby. Christina Milian's greatest hit besides Dip no, It Low. The best song she ever done. If uh, you ask me. If you, what, the theme song or Dip It Low? The theme song. Oh, because I'm about to say I still listen to Dip It Low like at least twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And Kim Possible, it is my text tone. So if you ever text me, you know I can hear Kim Possible. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! But yeah, well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your messages and your story about the goddess that you work with and she's like, crazy isn't she fun she's so much anyway let me stop <laughs> before i start gushing about my girl again oh my <laughs> gosh it's okay you can share the, as much love for the goddess as you want well what's fun to me is she's associated with bunny rabbits i live in chicago and really? the neighborhood i live in there's a ton of rabbits everywhere in the spring they can they come out and they just bounce around. So like every time I'm walking home at night, it's like she's with me and she's walking me home. Cause there's just bunnies everywhere here. Yes. I'll live for that. It's fun. Anyway, thanks for having me. You have a great day, girl. All right. Bye. <laughs> listen bye. to Renaissance, everybody. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm so about to go listen to Alien Superstar. Period. Right. <laughs> Too classy to be touched. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. I know, babes. You've been wanting to be on the podcast for a good little minute now. I know. I can feel it. Period. I'm a witch. Duh. <laughs> But this is how you get onto the podcast. All you need to do is send me an email at theblackqueerwitch at gmail.com. Send me your name, send me your age, send me your pronouns, send me your phone number, and then send me a description of about yourself and a description about your craft. And also leave in there what you want to talk about on the podcast. And I'm definitely going to get back with you as soon as I possibly can. And I want to see how many people I can reach with this. So... Hit me up so we can all have a discussion on the podcast. All right, guys. Bye.